And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. You lost your magic. They knocked you off your game. Your Carlness went right out the window. What's with this Carlness? It's not even a, a real word. It's a conjunction, a preposition. It's a philosophy, a way of life. It's your name with miss attached to it. Bob, listen to me. If you'd have done what I asked you to and come in my dressing room before the show, you'd have known that you weren't supposed to come out here until I introduced you. Jack, I tried to get into your dressing room, but I didn't have a nickel. I understand you're pretty funny as a DJ, and comedy is a kind of hobby of mine. Well, well actually, it's a little more than just a hobby. Reader's Digest is considering publishing two of my jokes. Really? Yeah. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Honey Dollar. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the tantalizing Lisa Wolf. In this hour, Basil Rathbone and Nigel Bruce star as Holmes and Watson in The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes from 1946. But first, Lisa Wolf Dillon is our lyricist for learning the lyrics. Lisa will read popular song lyrics. I'll try to guess the name of the songs while you play the game at home. Right, Lisa? Right, Carl. So I've got three songs that begin with the letter G. I think you're going to do really well, but we need to get our prediction from Mike. I think you're going to get all three of these. Really? Yeah. yeah I think two. I think the first wow, two. Wow, really? Um, yeah. Okay. The first two is my prediction. Okay. But I, I think you're. we've set you up for success. All right. I'm right. ready. Starts Here, with a G. G. Okay. Okay, here's the first one. Mm-hmm. Jojo was a man. Jojo was a man. I thought he, he was a loner, but he did not understand. Get back. Jojo was a man. There it is. He was Get a back, loner, the Beatles. Last. Jojo I'm on. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> Get back, get back, get back to where you once belong. Get back, get back, Jojo. Get back, get back, get back to where you once belong. Get back, Jojo. That's a great song. I am um, one for I will, one. Well, I will tell you with a with a starting line of Jojo was a man. Jojo who thought was, he was a, a man. Thought... I think that you know it's a pretty good clue. All right, so right Mike there. thinks I'm getting them all, huh, Mike? Uh, I think you'll get this yes. next one as well. All right, all right. I'm ready. I I love the colorful clothes she wears, and the way the sunlight plays upon um, her hair. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. I hear the sound of a gentle word. Mm-hmm. On the wind that lifts her perfume through the air. Mm-hmm. She's giving me the excitation. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know it. Say mm-hmm. it. I got it. Okay. I'm just trying to think of the name oh, now. Oh, okay. Um, um, close my eyes. Uh-huh. She's somehow closer now. Uh-huh. Softly smile. I know she must be kind. Uh-huh. When I look in her eyes, she goes with me to yeah. a blossom world. Mm-hmm. She's giving me excitation. She's giving me exaltation. Good vibrations. You said it. Oh. I love the colorful clothes she wears. I think the excitation would help you. 
This is Good Vibrations by the Beach Boys. Loving you isn't the right thing to do. Mm. Loving you isn't the right thing to do. Yeah. Right. How can I ever change things that I feel? If I could, baby, I'd give you my world. How can I when you won't take it from me? You can call it another lonely day. Only another lonely day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Tell me why everything turned around. Oh, darn it. I've got good vibrations in my brain. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, clean um, that out. Tell me why everything turned around. Packing up, shacking up is all you want to do. If I could, baby, I'd give you my world. Open up. Everything's waiting for you. Mm. Listen, loving you. Loving you isn't, isn't the, the right, right thing, thing to, to do. do. Right. How can I? How can I ever change? Ever change things that, that I, feel I feel? If I could, you go your own way. Yes, you go your, go own, your way. own way. Are you out speedwagon? Fleetwood Mac. Fleetwood Mac. I get them mixed up sometimes. There it is. Man, Mike I'm right. I am hot. <laughs> Good job. Thank you. Go your own way. Go your own. Way. You go your own way. You go. See ya. You can go your own way. Go your own way. You can call it another lonely day. Another lonely day. You can go your own way. I tell you that all the time. You just don't go do it. Your own go way. your own way. Hit the road. Hit the road, Jack. Don't come back. No more. No more. No more. This is Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. What album was this from? Do you remember? Uh, was no. it Rumors? I can look it up. Might for have you. been Rumors. Maybe. I think it was. All right, Lisa Wolf. Good job. Man, I'm on. And I didn't even have a nap tonight. Maybe that's I had your no tri- nap today. Maybe that's the trip. Mike, did you have a nap earlier? I did not. No, I, I didn't either. I'm the only I went one. to bed early last night. Though. Oh yeah, Lisa said she napped today. I did. <laughs> I did. How I long? Did. About an hour. With but Simba? I did wake up really early with, this morning. With Simba. Yes. <laughs> Excuse my body. <laughs> All right. Well. Good job. Not bad. Very admirable. All right. When we come back, it's the adventures of Sherlock Holmes. So don't go away. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. 
Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. You heard me on Memorex there talking about the Classic Radio Club, and uh, that is uh, it's something that we created about four years ago for our listeners to join and get the greatest quality classic radio shows sent to them, either on CD every month or via digital download. And if you, um, if you join the club, you're not only going to get 10 of the greatest quality classic radio shows, and those 10 shows change every single month, on five CDs and a collector case or via digital download, you'll also get a booklet that details those 10 shows. And Carl Shadow, I write the booklet, and then Carl Shadow, like, Make sure I didn't make any mistakes and adds cast members in there. I mean, he does a great job. So you're getting a very uh, informative booklet every month with the uh, CDs or the digital downloads. And you also get our podcast sent to you every week. You get the radio rarities sent to you every week. There's a lot. And um, the club is uh, it's where it's at. It's the uh, entire enchilada. You get everything we're doing. Here at Hollywood 360, and if you want to go ahead, Lisa, what? No, I was going to say, and if you want to join, you, if you call tonight, we're only here for another hour. But if you call tonight, we'll call you back, and we will sign you up. The number to call to sign up is eight one five nine hundred seven five three five, or you can go to our website, and you can just uh, sign up right directly on the website. That's that is Classic Radio Club. Dot com, ClassicRadioClub.com. All right, it's time for Sherlock Holmes, Lisa. And I got to tell you, Sherlock Holmes was on the air probably longer than any other radio show, really, because it started in 1930. Now, in, I can't, we don't have any of those broadcasts, but I can't even imagine 1930, if they even were dramatizing, I don't even think they've, created the dramatization of radio yet. Probably in 1930, they were just reading stories, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's stories, because, you know, he created Sherlock Holmes. But I would imagine that by the early 30s, like 1931 or 32, they were dramatizing him. Now, Richard Gordon, who was a uh, British actor, played... Sherlock Holmes in the early, very first show. And in fact, on the Weird Circle, he's the host of the Weird Circle. So you can hear his voice because we don't have any of the early Sherlock Holmes shows. But then by 1939, Basil Rathbone and Nigel Bruce, who were playing Holmes and Watson in the movies, Fox uh, and Universal movies, were lured to the microphones to play the characters on radio. And they played it for a long time on radio. And then... Other actors played Holmes and Watson. It was perfectly suited, perfectly suited for radio because you had two people so they could talk to each other, right, Holmes and Watson. And um, they used real British actors in. We weren't people, you know, doing fake accents, you know, (laughs) Uh, from across the pond. They really used, you know, the real deal on these shows. And you can hear it. It's great. This episode is called The Girl with the Gazelle. It's sponsored by Petri Wines. Have you ever tried Petri Wines? You might like it, Lisa. I know. I have tried that Change one. it up a little. Yes, from send Roma it over, to Petri. March 25th, 1946 is the broadcast date. And you have the two um, kind of, you know, premier Holmes and Watson, Basil Rathbone, Nigel Bruce. Let's tune this in. Part one of the adventures of Sherlock Holmes. Petri Wine brings you... 
Basil Rathbone and Nigel Bruce in the new adventures of Sherlock Holmes. The Petri family, the family that took time to bring you good wine, invite you to listen to Dr. Watson tell us another exciting adventure he shared with his old friend, that master detective, Sherlock Holmes. And as for me, well, I'd like to talk about those few minutes you have while you're waiting for dinner every evening. That's the perfect time for a glass of Petri California Sherry. Petri Sherry is the best beginning a good meal ever had. You really feel like you're enjoying the good things of life when you take time for a glass of Petri Sherry. Hold that glass of Sherry to the light. Look at it. It's a beautiful dark amber. Yes, and Petri Sherry is clear and fragrant, the way a good wine should be. Now taste it. You've got something. That Petri Sherry has a real heart-of-the-grape flavor. Oh, and look, if you like your Sherry dry, you know, not sweet, Petri makes a fine dry sherry. It's called Petri Pale Dry. And if you don't know yet which you prefer, the regular sherry or the dry, why not try both? Don't buy one, buy two. But just be sure you always buy Petri. And now let's look in on our old friend, Dr. Watson. I'm sure he's expecting us. Good evening, Doctor. Good evening, Mr. Bartell. Draw up your usual chair, and I'll get on with tonight's new Sherlock Holmes adventure. Well, how did the story begin, Doctor? It was one day in the autumn of 1887, I remember. Holmes and I were seated on either side of the fire in our Baker Street lodgings. The great man, his eyes half-closed, his long, thin fingers pressed together, lay back in his chair, filling the room with large blue clouds of tobacco smoke and discoursing on one of his favourite subjects, Professor Moriarty. I can almost hear him now, Mr. Bartell, as he said... Moriarty is the Napoleon of crime, Watson. He is the organiser of half that is evil and nearly all that is undetected in this great metropolis. Oh, surely that's an exaggeration, Holmes. No, it isn't, my dear fellow. He has a brain of the first order, and his agents are numerous and splendidly organised. He himself sits motionless like a spider in the centre of his web. But that web has a thousand radiations, and he uh, knows every quiver of each one of them. <laughs> it's fortunate for me that there's only one Moriarty. If every criminal were equally astute, I'd be in bankruptcy within the year. I don't think you need to worry about bankruptcy, Holmes. As I came in just now, I picked these letters up from the whole table and slipped them into my pocket. Uh, here you are. Oh, thanks, old chap. Uh, they didn't look like bills to me. I observed the crest of the Duke of Carlisle on the top envelope. Oh, dear me. Five hundred guineas. His grace is extremely generous in his evaluation of my services. I don't agree. After all, you did save him from a, a shocking scandal. Oh, listen to this, Watson. <laughs> I seen you yesterday when you come to the cricket match. You wasn't watching the cricket. If you value your life, keep your filthy long nose to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and it's signed Joe the Butcher. <laughs> long nose. Who knows? Joe the Butcher. Oh, am I a criminal that I was instrumental in sending to prison for a short term? He flatters himself, though. I was watching the cricket. No idea that Joe was back in practice again. I must keep an eye on him. Hello. Letter on Carlton Hotel stationery. Now, I... I say, this is interesting. Very interesting. Oh, what to say, Holmes? Dear Mr. Holmes, I've been informed that you are a man of ability and discretion. My life is in grave danger and I need your help. 
Upon receipt of this letter, come to my hotel at once. I shall be expecting you. And it's signed, uh, Francois Dulac. It's rather peremptory, isn't it? No, please, just come to my hotel at once. Who is this uh, Dulac, anyway? What's no fellow? Yeah? We were talking of Moriarty just now. I have a feeling that this letter may lead us to him. Well, what makes you say that? Francois Dulac, the writer of this letter, is recognized in France as the one indisputable authority on the paintings of Jean-Baptiste Greuze. Well, I still don't see the connection with Moriarty. If there is one thing Moriarty loves, more than the dazzling abstractions of mathematics and even more dazzling achievements of crime, it is the paintings of Greuze. The suggested combination of impending danger and a Greuze expert spells Moriarty to me. Get your hat and coat off, fellow. We're off to the Carlton Hotel to see Monsieur Delac at once. All right, but uh, there's no answer. Unlock again. Shall I go and get someone to unlock the door? No, 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 old chap. Huh? You don't want to attract attention to our prospective plan. Hotel locks shouldn't be very hard to pick. Here. I think the skeleton key should do the trick quite easily. Well, the man at the desk downstairs said that Monsieur Dulac was in his room. You know, Watson, he said he thought he was in his room. Uh-huh. Easier than I anticipated. Come on, let's go in. It doesn't look as if anyone's occupying this room. No signs of any personal belonging. No clothes hanging in the wardrobe, no luggage. Yeah, yet he is still registered here. Hello. What's this stain on the carpet by the bed here? Great Scott, is it... It's a blood stain, Watson. Blood stain? And the stain is still damp. I'm afraid we're too late. Come on, we can do no more good here. You're not giving up, Holmes? No, of course not, my dear fellow. Let's see what we can find out from the hotel manager. I refuse to believe that in the 19th century, a distinguished foreigner can vanish into thin air. Yes, Monsieur Dulac did have a visitor early on today, Mr. Holmes. Do you remember his name? I think it was Perkins or Parsons, but I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. Can you describe his appearance? I think so, Mr. Holmes. He was a very tall gentleman. Mm -hmm. Tall and thin, with deep-sunk eyes. Clean-shaven? Oh, yes, sir. He had a high forehead and a funny way of moving his head from side to side. Oh, yes. By Joe Holmes, that's almost an exact description of Moriarty. Exactly, Watson. Have you seen Monsieur Delac since this uh, Mr. Perkins or Parsons called on him? No, I haven't, sir. But his visitor came back only an hour ago. He had some men with him. They carried some large packages out of the hotel. Packages? But not luggage, eh? No, packages, Mr. Holmes. Has Monsieur Delac received any other visitors since he arrived here? None that have been here to see him, sir. But I understand that Sir Henry Davenant has been most anxious to get in touch with him. Sir Henry Davenant? Thank you. I'm extremely obliged to you. Come on, Watson. Always proud to be of service to Mr. Sherlock Holmes. The plot begins to clear, Watson. And what makes you say that, Holmes? Sir Henry Davenant is a millionaire whose art collection is world famous. A year ago, the papers were full of his latest acquisition, the gem of his collection, Jean-Baptiste Greuze's painting, The Young Girl with the Gazelle. And now it would appear that for some reason Moriarty wishes to prevent a meeting between Sir Harry Davenant and Monsieur Dulac, a Greuze expert. Now, do you see why the plot begins to clear? Vaguely, but what are you going to do? Davenant said to, uh, there's something of a hermit. He won't have anything to do with officials, interviewers, and people like that. 
but we know that he wishes to consult an expert on the paintings of Jean-Baptiste Greuze. The next move should be obvious, old chap. Gracious me, you mean that you'll impersonate one? Certainly. If a Greuze expert is what he wants, then a Greuze expert is what he's going to get. That Holmes was good at, uh, you know, changing his disguise, right? He used right. disguises, sort of like Mr. Chameleon. You know? We've been airing some of those right. lately. Um, I have some good news for you, Lisa. Okay. I made a phone call and I got you uh, three barrels of Petri wines. Oh, great. Yeah. Barrels? Yeah. Three barrels. <laughs> <laughs> Going to roll them in? <laughs> yeah, three barrels. They're being delivered to your home. Oh, great. Yeah, Thank so, you. I'll let you know how yeah. they are. Yeah, would you, please? I would. I got all three of them are red. Red. I know you like red wine. You I go really... both ways. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Okay. <laughs> Could you record that for me, Mike, and send it to me? I'd like to use that as my ringtone. <laughs> Got See, it. Thank this you. is all about Thank context, you. just to clarify. <laughs> Everything's about context. <laughs> uh, we're listening to <laughs> The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes, March 25th, 1946, sponsored by Patry Wines. This is The Girl with the Gazelle, and that stars the one and only Basil Rathbone and Nigel Bruce might be the only actor that was named after a spice. What's the spice? Basil. Basil. <laughs> <laughs> well, Petri wine is named after Laura Petri. Yeah, could be. I doubt it. But... No, I, I don't think so. <laughs> a very good friend of mine is the announcer on this, Harry Bartell. He's no longer with us, but I knew him quite well years and years ago. Uh, All right, more of Sherlock Holmes coming your way. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, Sam Spade, Burns and Allen, Have Gun, Will Travel, Gangbusters, and Sherlock Holmes, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Carl Amari and I co host. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. When you're drinking your um, Roma or Petri wines, mm-hmm. do you like to have anything with it? Chocolate or grapes or anything I mean, you like? Is to... it with with my dinner or is it snack? Well, you just, I mean, look, gonna, you just. I would, my, I guess, ideally, I would go for a pizza. Oh, pizza. Pizza's the best. Oh, yeah. There's nothing I, agree. I like pizza. more than pizza. Pizza is great. Pizza is great. Man, a little veggie I pizza. I'm really oh, happy, girl. Yeah, uh, yeah. It doesn't take much for me. <laughs> don't you want any meat on there? Bacon? Some bacon? I'll go some, with some spinach. How about some, uh, some bacon and some sausage? Uh, sausage. Green, green peppers. <laughs> want some sa- Mike likes sausage and bacon and pepperoni. Yeah, yeah I'll do all that. Yeah. You lost me at all me of too. those. Me too. Meatball. Meatballs. Actually, like if I was going to have 
like a deep dish, yeah. I like just spinach. I like in spinach. It. But if I'm going to have a thin crust, I like sausage and mushroom. Mike, right. what I do you do that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I don't like sausage or I'm getting or hungry now. I, mean, I love uh, pizza. Gosh, I want pizza now. Maybe tomorrow for dinner. I mean, it's like late. I shouldn't eat anything. You're busy for dinner tomorrow. We can get a pizza. (laughs) Sounds good. (laughs) All right. We're listening to uh, Sherlock Holmes, Basil Rathbone. Uh, You could put a little basil on there. A little basil on your pizza. Yeah. Basil (laughs) Rathbone, Nigel Bruce. Here's the conclusion to The Girl with the Gazelle on Sherlock Holmes. Holmes, I must say, your disguise is, is amazingly effective. Uh, monsieur, <laughs> uh, you do me the great honor. Uh, if I appear convincing to the astute Dr. Watson, how can I fail to convince Sir Henry Devon? Oh, my dear fellow, it's uh, marvelous. <laughs> Pulling the good. Yes. Shall we out, sir? <laughs> Sir Henry's house. Let's hope for the best, old fellow. Uh, I don't know exactly what a French art expert looks like, but I could certainly believe that you were one. I only hope that I can be equally convincing in the role of a patron of the arts. You certainly look your part, old chap. Good afternoon. Can I help you? Uh, my name is Vernet. André Vernet, I am most anxious to make the acquaintance of Sir Henry Devon. I'm afraid that Sir Henry is extremely difficult to see, sir. I can tell him you're here, but he very rarely gives interviews. That is a great disappointment to me. Perhaps uh, you would just go and tell him I am a pupil or and a disciple of the great François Dulac. I will do what I can, sir. Uh, come in, won't you, gentlemen? Uh, if you'll wait here for a moment... I'll take your message. Oh, what was the name again, uh, Vernet, sir? André Vernet, and this gentleman is Mr. Watson. Very good, sir. Well, we got into the house. Now let's hope that you can impress the master of it. Not as easy a task, I fear, old fellow. Hmm. I have to match opinions on the paintings of Greuze with an expert. My own knowledge of the subject is uh, somewhat sketchy, I'm afraid. Yes, and mine is absolutely nil. Greuze was a naturalistic painter who flourished at the close of the 18th century, and though his paintings command a fabulous fee in this day and age, he himself died in great poverty. Shh, shh, shh. Someone's coming. Monsieur Vernet, will you and Mr. Watson come with me, please? Sir Henry is most anxious to meet you. Merci, mademoiselle. My name is Violet Jackson. I look after Sir Henry's art collection. Indeed, a very pleasurable job, I'm sure, my dear. From what I hear, he has a magnificent gallery. He has one of the finest in the world. His latest acquisition is the famous young girl with a gazelle by Creuse. Oh, but I'm sure you know all about that, Monsieur Vernet. I think you said in your message you were a student of the great Dulac. I have that inestimable privilege, mademoiselle. Oh, this is Sir Henry's study. Oh, uh, thank you, uh, Violet. Uh, you may go. Yes, Sir Henry. Uh, you're uh, Vernet, I'm sure, and uh, this is Mr. Watson? That's right, Sir Henry. Mr. Vernet is staying with me. I see. Well, uh, sit down, won't you? Uh, look, Vernet, uh, you're a friend of Dulac's, aren't you? I think I may claim that honor, monsieur. Then why in thunder can't I get in touch with him? He's staying at the Carlton Hotel, isn't he? He uh, was uh, or has been staying there, monsieur. Oui. I've left half a dozen messages for him, asking him to come and see me, and he hasn't answered one of them. I can't understand it. It's most important that I see him. Uh, monsieur is in some trouble, perhaps? Perhaps. Uh, now, you fellows are 
familiar with the painting by Greuze, the young lady with the gazelle, aren't you? Oh, yes, Sir Henry, yes, indeed. Oh, you are, eh? Uh, what do you think of it? Well, uh, uh, One of the greatest soul, works, uh, in my oh, humble opinion, oh, monsieur. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, of course, I have only seen a reproduction, uh, but it seemed to me uh, to have a freshness and vigor of the flesh tints, a great firmness and brilliance of line you are... Indeed, uh, fortunate uh, to own it, monsieur. Hmm. Don't know about fortunate. Cost me 40,000 pounds. I still say you are most fortunate, monsieur. Would you grant me the honor to examine the original? Well, I don't know whether I ought to. I, I've had to guard it very carefully ever since this... Uh, well, but perhaps in your case I can make an exception. You received threats regarding the painting, Sir Henry? Yes, I have, Mr. Watson. And they worried me so much that I've even thought of engaging the services of a private detective. Oh, indeed, monsieur. How very interesting. Yeah, the Duke of Carlisle strongly recommended a fellow by the name of uh, Sherlock Holmes. Oh. Uh, I was seriously thinking of going to him. Instead of which? He has come to you, Sir Henry. In fact, it will save us all a lot of time, I'm sure. Well, what kind of horseplay is this, sir? Who the devil are you? My name is Sherlock Holmes. Then why do you come here masquerading as a French art expert? <laughs> because I, I'd heard of your aversion to giving interviews, and I wanted to see you urgently. I felt that in the character of a supposed Greuze expert, I was uh, most likely to gain immediate admission. Well, then, uh, your friend here? Uh, Dr. Watson, my colleague. Well, it's all turned out for the best, Sir Henry. You wanted to consult Mr. Holmes, and... He was most anxious to see you. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I'm glad you fellows are here. Uh, you see, I'm devilish worried about that growth of mine. Oh, why, Sir Henry? Well, I bought it at an auction. There was another man bidding against me all the time, and when it was finally knocked down in my name, he became most insulting. He seemed unable to bear not owning the picture himself. He told me bluntly that I wouldn't enjoy it long. Well, I didn't think much about it at the time, but... Lately, I've been receiving postcards repeating the threat. I don't like it. That's a fact. Well, you've kept those postcards, I hope, Sir Henry? No, threw them in the fire where they belong. Oh, it's a pity, sir. Can you recall the name of this uh, bidder at the auction who threatened you? No, didn't know his name. Can you describe his appearance? Well, let me see. He was uh, tall, uh, teen-shaven, mm -hmm. and a curious habit of moving his head from side to side. Moriarty again. Yes, old chap. My supposition was correct. Now, tell me, Sir Henry... Is the painting safely guarded? Well, I'd say that it was impregnable, Holmes. Uh, it's not in my regular galleries. I had a special strong room built for it when I started to receive these threats. It has a lock to which only I know the combination, and a special clockwork device that so controls the room that even I can only enter it uh, during certain daytime hours. And yet, Sir Henry, with such thorough precautions, you appear to be frightened. Why? Well, I hardly dare trust my own shadow, Holmes. As you possibly know, one of Greer's pupils, a certain Madame Ledoux, uh, imitated his paintings most successfully. Uh, several of the experts were fooled. I confess that I've been frightened lately, uh, since I received the threats, that a clever man might try and substitute a fake painting for the original, if indeed he hasn't already done so. Uh, that's why I was so anxious to get in touch with Dulac. Uh, he'd know a fraud at once. But substitution would be impossible if you're the only one that knows the combination to the lock of the strong room? Well, that's what my logic tells me too, Doctor. And yet I'm very uneasy, I must confess. It's still daylight, Sir Henry. Would it be possible for us to examine the painting now? Well, certainly. Uh, by the way, what happened to Francois Delac? Did he uh, leave the Carton Hotel? He did, sir. Though the circumstances of his departure made us distinctly uneasy. In what way? His room was empty. There were no signs of luggage, and yet... Come in. 
Yes, Violet, what is it? This note was just left for you, Sir Henry. I was asked to deliver it at once. Who left it, Violet? Well, he didn't give his name, Sir Henry. But he was a tall, thin man with deep, sunk eyes. Oh. What's the note say? Why, it's the same fellow again. Listen to this. I told you you wouldn't enjoy the painting for long. You didn't. Did you? Great Scott, it's money off. <laughs> Holmes, I don't see anything funny about this. What makes you laugh? It's obvious uh, that my painting has been stolen. I find nothing funny about it either, Sir Henry. But I must admit a certain pleasure. Once again, I'm crossing swords with an adversary who was more than worthy of my steel. Well, Dr. Watson, you've kept me on the edge of my chair so far with your story. What happened next? Did Sir Henry Davenant take you to see his famous painting? He did, Mr. Bartell. Together with Miss Violet Jackson, we descended countless flights of stairs. Doors opened where no one expected a door to exist. Finally, after walking down a narrow stone staircase that turned and twisted, we came up against a blank wall. It seemed that we could go no further. But a time clock, a combination of numbers, and a hidden door slid back. We stood in the interior of a small room, a room with no windows and hardly any light. An oil painting stood on an easel before us. It was incomparable Greer's painting of the young girl with the gazelle. We stood looking at it for a brief moment, and then Sir Henry Davenant said, oh, Thank heaven the painting is still safe. Yes, Sir Henry. If it still is the same painting... It looks the same, Mr. Holmes. Yes, it does to me. The fact remains that only François Dulac could tell us if it is the same or a brilliant copy. Yes, and Monsieur Dulac has been uh, silenced. So it would seem. Of course, we could ask the experts at the British Museum to pass judgment. Yeah, but how could it have been stolen? It'd be impossible to smuggle it out of here and replace it with a copy. There's only one way of being absolutely certain. And when, with your permission, Sir Henry, I should like to make a test. You're going to take a sample of the paint, Mr. Holmes? Yes, that should give us certain proof. Well, very, very, very well. Uh, yeah, you'd better do it, Violet. Uh, but be careful. Remember, the painting cost me 40,000 pounds. A minute fragment of paint will be sufficient for the test, won't it, Mr. Holmes? Yes, indeed. But with my fingernails, Sir Henry, I'll scratch off a tiny sample... Firstly, I think it's a dashed fine bit of work, whoever painted it. There you are, Mr. Holmes. Is that enough paint Splendid, Miss Jackson, splendid. Thank you. Please put it on this envelope for me, will you? That's it. And now, Sir Henry, I shall return to Baker Street and analyze this paint. Within an hour, I shall be able to tell you whether the painting is worth 40,000 pounds or a plug farthing. Did you uh, make the test? I did, Sir Henry. And? I'm afraid there's no doubt that your painting is a fraud. A fraud? A sample of paint that I examined was manufactured not more than 25 years ago, and Greer's died in 1805. Well, I still say that it's a fine painting, whoever did it. I wouldn't mind having it myself. I agree, Dr. Watson. In fact, I'd be glad to buy it. It's a brilliant copy, and more than likely it was done by Madame Ledoux. You're remarkably quiet, Sir Henry. Forty thousand pounds. Forty thousand pounds! No, 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 sir, put that knife down. Holmes, help me grab him. Uh, don't worry, gentlemen. I'm not about to commit suicide in despair, if that's what you're thinking. 
Now, why are you grasping that knife, sir? Because I have work to do in my strong room. I'm going to use this knife to slash that lying canvas into 40,000 pieces. <laughs> Well, I suppose you're right, Violet. It's childish to mutilate this daub. It's a brilliant fraud, Sir Henry. I'd like to have it. I'll buy it from you gladly. Buy it from me? You can have it. Go and make arrangements to have the wretched thing taken away at once. I don't want any frauds in my collection. Yes, Sir Henry, and thank you. Now, Mr. Sherlock Holmes, I'll pay you any fee you name if you can tell me how the original painting was stolen. Well, Sir Henry, the how must here precede the who. And the how, I must confess, seems impossible. Yes, I quite agree. This is a sealed metal room. The only entrance is through the door. And that has a combination that only you know, Sir Henry. Perfectly true. It's impossible for anyone to enter this room without my being present. Or I would have sworn it was. Let's examine these walls, Watson. There might be a secret panel. Uh-huh. Ventilator. No method of entrance here. Huh. Well, you'll find no flaws, I'm sure. This room was built like a giant safe. And the time lock on the door is equally solid. Is the time lock working now? Yes. It started five minutes ago when we opened the door. But don't worry. It's perfectly safe with the door open. But when the door's closed, it couldn't be reopened again, I take it, Sir Henry. Not until the morning, Doctor, no. I had the lock specially designed. Oh, very ingenious. This presents as pretty a problem as ever I've tackled, Sir Henry. A large painting stolen and a fake one substituted in a sealed room to which only you have access. I must confess the house seems utterly impossible. Remember what you always say, Holmes. Throw out the impossible and whatever remains no matter how improbable, must be the possible. Uh, let's consider the who for a moment. Is your butler absolutely reliable? Absolutely. How about Miss Jackson? Oh, completely trustworthy. Brought letters of recommendation from most of the leading art galleries in London. Intelligent, too. <laughs> and serious-minded. She's made a deep study of mathematics as well as her knowledge of painting. Mathematics? How do you know that, Sir Henry? Well, she had a book with her the other day. <laughs> I was surprised that the title could have been a novel, but no. It was called The Dynamics of an Asteroid, and it was inscribed to her by the author. Dynamics of an Asteroid, and inscribed to her by the author. Thank heavens for your memories, Henry. That book was written by Professor Moriarty. Violet Jackson must be an accomplice of his. Violet? The door! Someone slammed it shut! Yes, and it's not very hard to guess who that someone is. Oh, but I... I can't believe that Violet is a criminal. Look, look, look. There's, a, there's a note being pushed under the door. Oh, strike a match, will you, old fellow? Right, sure. What's it say, Holmes? Forgive my unladylike eavesdropping, but with Mr. Sherlock Holmes as near the truth as he is, I'm afraid it would be unwise for me to remain here any longer. On the other hand, you are in no danger of smothering in the strong room, but your... Imprisonment should delay my pursuit till morning. Violet Jackson. She's escaped us, Holmes. Don't worry, Watson. Miss Jackson's failure to procure the painting for Moriarty will land her in a far worse dilemma than anything we could subject her to. Moriarty has never tolerated failure on the part of his minions. A brilliant plot, old fellow, a brilliant plot. Moriarty is at the zenith of his powers. 
How fortunate that we were able to foil him. What do you mean, foil him? My painting's been stolen. Your painting, Sir Henry? Oh, no, 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 no. It's, uh, it's here in this room. What on earth are you talking about, Holmes? You reminded me of my own dictum, Watson. I discarded the impossible. It was impossible that the picture had been stolen, therefore it had not been stolen. You mean that uh, this painting is the original, Gross? Yes, of course, sir. Surely the whole plot is crystal clear now. Uh, just about as clear as porridge to me. <laughs> well, then, let me explain. The whole episode of Francois Dulac, the note to me, the empty hotel room, and the significant bloodstains and the apparent disappearance of Dulac were all part of Moriarty's plot. The real Dulac never left France. Moriarty created him in England to lure me into the case. Why in thunder should he want to do that, Holmes? Yes. I should think you're the last person he'd want on the scene. Oh, on the contrary, sir. He knew that I'd grab at his bait. The apparent murder of a Greer's expert who would make it seem likely that your painting had a substitute, Sir Henry. He wanted me to test the painting, which I did. I fell into his trap very neatly. But the paint, Holmes, you said that it was no more than 20 years old. Yes, my dear fellow, the uh, answer should be obvious. I see it. Violet was his accomplice had prepared the painting beforehand and carefully scraped off a piece of modern paint. Exactly, Sir Henry. And Moriarty had assumed, quite correctly as it turned out, that as soon as you thought your painting was a fraud, you'd want to get rid of it. And that girl was going to take it out of this house with your full approval and, of course, turn it over to Moriarty. What a fantastic scheme. A devilishly clever one, old chap. If it hadn't been for your chance remark about the book on mathematics, Sir Henry, I'm very much afraid the young lady with the gazelle might even now be on her way out of your house. Holmes... I can't tell you how grateful I am. And I'm going to express that gratitude in a very material manner, I assure you. Thank you, Sir Henry, but I wouldn't dream of accepting a fee for this case. I've been shockingly obtuse. I might easily have let them walk away with your treasure right under our noses. Uh, uh, we locked in here for, for the night, sir? I'm very much afraid so, Dr. Watson. Though I shouldn't be surprised if the butler notices our disappearance and comes looking for us. But he won't be able to open the door... It'll need a professional locksmith to get us out of here. Well, really, it looks as if we'll spend a very cheerful evening. <laughs> Don't be gloomy, my dear fellow. Oh, gloomy, sort of gloomy. You're locked in with one of the loveliest girls in history, and she's genuine at that. Strike another match, old chap, shall we? What? Let's look at her once again. Tonight's Sherlock Holmes adventure was written by Dennis Green and Anthony Boucher and was suggested by an incident in Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's story, The Final Problem. Music is by Dean Fostler. Mr. Rathbone appears through the courtesy of Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer and Mr. Bruce through the courtesy of Universal Pictures, where they are now starring in the Sherlock Holmes series. The Petri Wine Company of San Francisco, California, Invite you to tune in again next week, same time, same station. Sherlock Holmes comes to you from our Hollywood studios. This is Harry Bartell saying goodnight for the Petrie family. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. All right, there you have the adventures of Sherlock Holmes. March 25th, 1946, the girl with the gazelle starring Basil Rathbone and Nigel Bruce from, uh, let's see, 46, and it was sponsored by Patrick Wines as heard on Mutual. 
time for this month in music history. And here is our final song. This is from 1966. I need love, love, to ease my mind. I need to find, 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 this is the Supremes. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so um, this is You Can't Hurry Love, recorded by the Supremes, released on their album, The Supremes A Go-Go. So, yes, there's Diana Ross. In you know, they, they just were supreme, weren't they? You know, that was a really good joke, a Carl. <laughs> that was, that a, was a great one, Carl. They were supreme, yeah. They were great. That was a good one. <laughs> I only got to use my rim shot one time earlier, so I felt... Right. You felt like you needed I to use like it again. I, I cheated the audience. They didn't get enough oh. rim shots from me. Right. Well, you, you have know? to think of better jokes. I mean, I love it. my audience. I want them to be entertained the whole time, right. so I didn't I didn't give them enough jokes, right. I don't think, on this edition. You'll have to work on that for next week. Yeah, I will. I'll work on it. Okay. All right. Thanks, Lisa Wolf. Sure. <laughs> More of Hollywood 360 after a very short break. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. That's a wrap. Next week, great lineup. My favorite husband, Pete Kelly's Blues, Life with Luigi, Rocky Jordan and Crime and Peter Chambers. We're going to celebrate Valentine's Day next week. From my co-host, Lisa Wolf, our executive producer, Mike Costello, my crabby brother, Vince Amari. This is Carl Amari saying stay safe, be healthy, and thanks for listening. Hey everybody, Jared Sebesti, your host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements. Retirement is a big life change. In fact, the two most dangerous years of a person's life are the year they were born and the year they retire. Few people could just flip the switch from working a career 30 or 40 plus years retiring on Friday without methodical steps to living what we call a repurposed retirement. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.